Welcome to Say La Vie. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. Not that we've been here for two hours. Literally. You've <laughs> <laughs> just been sitting so here sitting talking. Here. Eating. But yeah. But if you want to introduce yourself. All right. So I am Christina. I'm from Long Beach, California. Born and raised. Whoop, whoop. I'm <laughs> 24 years old. Um, I'm in France right now, receiving my master's in international relations and diplomacy. I go to the American Graduate School in Paris, and this is my third time in France. First time living in Paris, though, but third time living in France. And when did you come visit France before now? Like, what was the sequence of, of I guess, coming. of you coming and then choosing to live here? Well, I never had visited France before I decided to live here actually what? like I okay. <laughs> okay so I got my bachelor's I double majored in political science in French and during that I studied abroad I just chose to study abroad for four months in Grenoble um, and that was my first time in France ever and I was just gonna stay there for four months so I went there for four months and that was like an amazing experience it was it was a convoluted experience <laughs> it was amazing and fueled the fire for me to want to come back to France specifically. Um, and I learned a lot about myself from that trip alone. But I had always had like a, a longing to go to France. And the first time I visited Europe, I was 14 and I went to Italy. And there was a situation that happened in Italy where I felt really, what's the word? like not educated and just like I felt like so uncultured there we go I felt really uncultured and it was a in, Italian man I think he was Italian and he asked me and my family that I was with if we spoke German French Italian Spanish and we only spoke English and I remember thinking like oh my gosh this man speaks five languages good enough that he could ask us that he could ask us if we spoke all these languages and he could proceed to ask us questions so after that at that point when I was 14 I was very much interested in French and France and I was like I'm going to go there and I'm going to live so that's what sparked it I went to study abroad years later and after I studied abroad before I left I was like I'm gonna come back and teach English mm. and then after I graduated college I came to Saint-Quentin to teach English with the Tepif program for eight months and after that trip I still felt the longing to come back so every single time I traveled to Europe before I left, I was like, I have to come back. And each time it was a, a jump in time, too. So it was four months, and then it was... Eight, mo eight, eight months. months. Okay. And now it's... going to be at least two years. At least. Mm -hmm. And this is the most daunting one for me. I, mm, For different reasons. So the setting abroad, it wasn't very daunting because it was exciting. Mm -hmm. And I was going to practice this language. And it was still very nerve-wracking, but the excitement of me just living in a different country on my own surpassed all the anxieties I had. And you also went with other students, or did you go alone for that? I went with other students. Which changes the experience. Completely. Absolutely. Because you can still stay in your little bubble, essentially. No, precisely. And I was protected within a program. I had a host family, and I wasn't there alone. I was with other students. I was with someone who came from my college with me. So it was completely different. The second time I went was very nerve-wracking because I was going to be on my own. I was just gonna, going to be teaching. I didn't know where I was going to live at first. Um, I'd, it, it was with a group, but it wasn't a program. 
like a college program. So it was up to you to build a social circle. And my family had never, all my family is really in Long Beach. I have some family that are elsewhere in the, the state, but everyone is concentrated in Long Beach. And very few of us have lived abroad in another country. I have t- two cousins, older cousins who did that a lot, but they always come back. Mm. And for me to go back again after I'd already left, it was a hard adjustment for me and my family, my immediate family, to understand that I was again leaving the country and going to be completely on my own. And it sparked a lot of my anxiety, actually. The second time around? Yes. Okay. Super anxious. I was anxious the whole summer before because I went September after I graduated in May. So for the whole three, four months beforehand extreme anxiety because you were scared of coming or because you were scared of of the leap that it took and for your parents to understand that this is not a like a phase if that if that's the way to put it I guess it was both Mm. it was both so I felt a lot of well with my family there is a lot of we're really tight-knit and I've grown up relying on my family a lot and them relying on me. So I dealt with feelings of, was, am, I, am I being selfish? Mm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the year prior, my sister, older sister had passed away. So the, what is it called? Like the order of children, I have five siblings, but the order of children kind of shifted to where I became the eldest daughter. I became the oldest sister. And I feel a lot of responsibility to my younger siblings because of them being so much younger than me that it was like, I'm leaving my family. I don't want them to think that their sister's always gone. I don't want my family to think that I'm not happy around them because everyone's usually stayed around each other. But I felt this longing that I needed, that's where I needed to be. And that's where a lot of my anxiety went to where I, I just, I felt or was afraid that I was going to feel really alone there during those eight months. And did you? I had moments where like I was really homesick, but then, but then... I had so many great connections and met so many different people. And I really thought it was just going to be those eight months. Like, this is just my time to go to France, get better at French. And then when I get home, I'm going to work in politics and start my career there. And this is just my time, my, my break. And then I landed in May in, at LAX. And the day I landed, I was like, I don't belong here. Mm. The day I landed, I'm never going to forget. I was driving when my mom was driving us home, and I was just like, I I have to go back. Yeah. And then how long between that, I have to go back, and then did you start looking at programs immediately? Did you allow yourself time? Like, what was the distance between that and then coming and moving? I, I honestly gave myself a month. Because I was telling myself, this is just culture shock, reverse culture shock. You felt it the last time you came back home. You'll get over this. Like, you're going to go with your plan. Because I was always someone that had a plan. Like, I've envisioned living in France since I was 14. Mm. So for me to go against my plan, I guess, that I had in my mind, I was like, no, this isn't this isn't real. This is just reverse culture shock. I'm anxious again, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then after a month, I still had the feeling of, no, you need to go back over there. No, you need to, you're not going to stay here. This isn't what you want to do. It's not your passion anymore. So I was like, oh, no. Like, I, I, I went through an existential crisis mm-hmm. because I felt myself changing. And when I expressed the feelings to my family again, they were like, what do you mean? Like, you just came back. You were really homesick. You were anxious the last time. And I was like, I know. 
but I don't fully feel like home here. My whole idea of home and what I was supposed to do and where I was supposed to be and exist completely changed. So then I started thinking of ways to come back to France. And the best way that I found was to come to school. And I wanted to get a master's anyways. And this was the start of me kind of merging my political science interest and then my French and international traveling language interest in one because I never had considered it before. I just thought, oh, I can't make a career out of traveling and liking language and liking France. That's just like a hobby. But then me changing and my passions changing kind of gave me the opportunity to, oh, I can merge these two interests. So I would say by July, August, I started looking at programs. So from May to July. So it took two months for you to be like, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's insane. Two months of crisis, like the internal crisis. And I wasn't even super supported. Yeah. Everyone was like, what do you, you're just, you you don't know what you want to do. You don't know. And I had to be confident enough in myself and knowing myself that this is something that I want. And I don't know what the end is going to, I still don't know what the end is going to be, but I just need to trust myself and trust my gut instinct that this is what I need to do, even though everyone else is like, why do you need to learn French? Why do you need to go back to France? This doesn't make sense. Like, what's wrong with home? And you can't explain it to people who aren't used to it. Mm -hmm. So it challenged me a lot, but I've grown so much from it. I've had that conversation with a lot of people where it's, it's so hard to talk about it with people back home because it's like you it's to them you have to choose one or the other Mm -hmm. there can't be any in between any gray area it's like you're going for a year and then you're coming back Mm -hmm. and then you're continuing regular life as opposed to this being a part of regular life precisely I I would have those conversations like this isn't a vacation yeah like this is part of my career my academic career this isn't That's not what it is. And a lot of people, I would say, from the United States, because that's what I know, they see it as that. Oh, you're just having fun. Yeah. Great months teaching. Oh, you're just studying abroad. Oh, you're just, it's not just that. And for me to come to that realization and then try to explain it to people that have never had that feeling or even known someone who's had that feeling. It's hard. You feel alone. And it's also a big explanation for migrants when they can't complain about Mm. Paris specifically to people back home. Because I I do remember also, I don't even know when it was, just complaining a little bit. And it wasn't even that extreme because some people complain too much. Yes. But there's there's a happy medium of being frustrated and also being thankful. But people think there cannot be any frustration mm-hmm. at all. But it, but because they think it's a vacation or it's a pause of regular life, it's the easiest thing. And Precisely. you're like, no, I'm technically a migrant. I go through immigration processes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to deal with the culture shock, the changes and all that stuff. And I ha- I'm so blessed to be mm-hmm. here but I am going through a hard time and I mm-hmm. should be allowed to say that. I think I mean, it's with the expat community, we do talk a lot about like the things that are annoying about France or Paris are difficult, but I think it's also really nice because it does, it ends the romanticism. Mm. And it's like, this is my life. Like the same way that I would be at home and be complaining about how this system works and this, the way the government does this or the way that, life and social life is at home I'm doing the same thing here because this is my life it's not romanticized all the time and it's not going to be perfect 
but the fact that you are we're still like deciding to stay here or be here or experience it is like it's normal like why wouldn't I be frustrated living here and I am a migrant and I am going through immigration like you're saying and different language like barriers (laughs) and just how the system works differently here it's difficult and not easy and I'm going to have difficult moments I would have that conversation with my family all the time because when my mom wouldn't understand why I want to come back yeah you would call me crying Christina like you were anxious and I'm like yeah I'm anxious at home it's it doesn't change (laughs) I just moved across the ocean like I'm anxious everywhere (laughs) everything gives me anxiety mom it doesn't mean that this just because it's daunting for you and it's an unknown Mm. doesn't mean it's an an unknown for me anymore Mm -hmm. and that's what was really difficult for mainly my mom but a lot of people to understand like what are you what are you doing I know for me specifically when I'm been going through all my medical things mm-hmm. I reach I have a lot of doctor friends back home and so I'd reach out to them and ask them for like Jeez. unrequired hope and they're just like come back and I'm like no I'm still I was like <laughs> I always have to tell them I'm like it's not just because I'm living here doesn't mean I'm not pursuing health or pursuing anything like mm-hmm. your next step in career or pursuing that it's like yeah. my life hasn't been on pause because I moved here I just moved here. Here. Like that's all that happened. That's, that's it. I'm not on a different planet or a different realm. I'm just, I exist more than in one area. I exist in more than one country. Yeah. And my identity doesn't belong to Long Beach, California anymore. It belongs into so many different places and to so many different people. Like when you make connections with people from all over the world, there's a little piece of you that goes with them or a yeah. piece of them that always stays with you that makes you feel at home or comfortable and they could be from Italy or New York and you don't see them for a long time, but they're still that they're still an integral part of your character and your identity mm. that it just changes. And that's what I experienced and still am experiencing. And you mentioned that this is the most daunting move out of the three. Yeah, I would say probably. Why? For different reasons. Um so when I decided I was gonna come to school to France, that was like July, August, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Okay. So I came out to France to Paris, November. I was dating somebody. That's another story. I came to visit. <laughs> Trust me. That's <laughs> it's it's a, a story. Such a side note. But I came <laughs> to visit him, and while I was here, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to make a double trip and visit the school." So I had found AGS, mm. and I was like, "Oh, this is cool." It's in English, like an American style program. I'll go to visit. I went to go sit in on a class and it was amazing. Which class? Um, Dr. Anand's. Uh, of course. Doctors and Theories. Okay. And it was the feminist <laughs> it was the feminist day. Oh. Oh. I was like, she's a, this is amazing. She's amazing. I bel- I can do this. And I sat in for an hour and a half and was like, Yeah, I love it. I'm going to apply. And it was like, oh my goodness. Two, three weeks before the application due date. And one of the, the one of the people who work, I don't, I don't know his title, but he was like, mm. apply, you can do it, just apply. Like you visited, they're fresh in your mind, like apply. So I applied and I got accepted to come in like the next spring. So spring 2019, but it was just so soon yeah. that like I couldn't get the finances together. I couldn't get my visa together. So I was like, I'm going to defer. That'll give me some time. I'll come in the fall. And I was like, okay, I'll just have to prep for like five months. It's okay. But then at the end of, I would say May, beginning of June, I was like, I think I need to defer again. And 
I didn't know if they were going to accept my deferment because you're only allowed to defer once. And I was like, I need to prepare more financially. So I, I deferred again. And that's when it started to get really daunting and people being like, are you really going to go? Because I thought you were going to go in spring. And then I thought you were going to go in fall. So you just keep deferring. Are you really, do you really want to do this? Are you really passionate about it? And I was like, I am. And I just tunnel vision. It was just like, I have to work. I have to prepare. I have to get my finances together. I have to get myself mentally together. And I cannot let any some anyone's doubt or anxiety penetrate my mind because if I do, it's not going to happen. And I had moments of doubt. Like, trust me. I was like, do I really want to go? Is this worth it? Should I be here or should I be going? Should I just stay at home and like start to pay off my loans and, and work? And I'm comfortable here and I, I have my family here and my friends. But I was like, no, this is I have to do this. Like this was the commitment I made to myself the year prior. But also I think so we talked about home mm-hmm. and kind of the definition and Long Beach or mm-hmm. here or are you you exist in so many different places. Mm-hmm. Have you felt more at ease since you've been here? Like, is that longing? Is that I need to be back? Has that eased? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. I would say it's eased. I think because I came here with a very specific purpose. Like, I'm here for school. And sometimes I do find myself being like, oh, my gosh, I'm in Paris. Like, I've envisioned this for the last 10, like, 10 years ago. I envisioned oh my gosh, I'm going to be living in Paris. Like I would look at my French textbook and be like, I'm oh, I'm going to be a student there. Like I'm going to live there. And my Eiffel Tower, I can see from like my walk to the gym. It's crazy to me. It's still insane to me. But I think since I've been here the last two times, my the romanticism of it has like ceased to exist <laughs> in a lot of ways. And the longing for me to be here has, it has eased. Like I, it, I can breathe. Yeah. It's nice to be like, okay, I do belong here and I feel comfortable here enough. Of course, there's things that like drive me nuts. There's no Mexican food. It drives me nuts. It drives nuts like my top thing. That's like, seriously. I see that all over like uh, expat pages. They're like, is there any Mexican food here? No. And you're like, nah, there's not. And it seems so like minuscule, but it's really, I'm like. But that's, that's also like a memory of home. Yeah, it is. Like food, I was talking to someone a while ago. Food is such an integral part of your identity mm-hmm. that it's like it has such a strong power of reminding you of home. So if you're ever homesick, you'd go for Mexican food. But if you can't even get it I here, can't get it nowhere. It's like, what do you? How do you? How do you feel welcome? And no, yeah, seriously. So I'm still trying to find things that like make me feel like I'm at home per yeah. se. It's easier to do in Paris, for sure, because when I lived here the other two times, they were small towns, mm. and I could not do that again. There's something about living in a metropolitan city that opens up doors. So much. So many doors. Yeah. I think it's hard in the sense of being a student and having boundaries within the French language and then mm-hmm. within money oh, and then God. within... Like, you have to be researching your thesis, which is in English. So mm-hmm. it just it limits your ability to integrate fully in a way. I mean, not it does. It, not entirely, but it can. And so I think sometimes it's hard to, to live in that, that specific bubble of uh, the limit of money, the limit of time, the limit of that, and try to also enjoy and explore mm-hmm. Paris fully. Mm-hmm. Like, that can be – and then trying to explore Paris in a way that makes you feel – feel part of it and feel part and welcome here. Mm -hmm. Like you don't necessarily 
have the yeah. time or the ability or any of that. I guess that's true. Like, I'm just kind of plopped here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you say that, it it it's true that I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm here and I'm a student. I'm a, U- a U.S. student and I've decided to come here. And that's it. Like, it, it's hard to be, to live in a student bubble at home. And then when you have the added issues and differences of coming to a, diff- a different country or a new country or a new city that's in a new country, it's like, how do I navigate this? How do I navigate ha- having bank issues and having to speak to these people in French and understand their vocabulary? But I also have to research my thesis and my topic and be here for what I'm focusing on. Okay, how do I navigate the medical system here and healthcare? Because I ha- I'm a human, I have to live, but then I have to go to class 12 hours a week and I have study times and it's difficult. It's it's not the easiest transition, but I think it's helped that I, again, I've been here before mm. and that I don't have the same culture shock. Mm. I do not have the same culture shock for sure. Like, I'm used to a lot of the things I see yeah. going on here. I think that's the biggest thing I've regretted. Not that I regret, because mm-hmm. it's led me to everything that I've done at this moment. But, like, never being to re- like never really being to France and then moving a day before your master starts. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, it's, it's so hard to meet people when you're in school and, like, trying to form a community and then trying to juggle everything and also have a support system. It's, like... It it's feels hard. impossible at times. It's hard. And honest, honestly speaking, I came here with the expectation of I'm just going to be focusing on school and not worry about building a community. I don't know if that sounds bad. No, but, it doesn't sound okay. bad. <laughs> but I just came with that. Like, of course, I want to. And like, I desire that. But I was just like, in case it doesn't happen, you need to be prepared for that and you will still be okay. So I came here with the idea that yeah, I might feel isolated and alone like I did a lot of the times I was here the other, especially during the eight months. Mm. Um, and you you were okay then. You'll be okay this time. Yeah. And you're going there for your purpose and your passion and something you believe that you should be doing. And luckily I have found, like, I'm not lonely, guys. <laughs> <laughs> found There's group. people. <laughs> There's people, my friends, like, it's okay. <laughs> It's just a nice bonus. Like, oh, yeah, I found it earlier than I thought I might have, you know? Yeah. Which is really... And have your parents come around? Oh, they've come around. They came around when it got closer to the time, Mm -hmm. for sure. They come around every single time. Because they have to. Yeah. They don't have a choice. That's true. Like, I'm (laughs) I'm going no matter what you say. (laughs) I'm going. Yeah. And we did have a little, like, rough, like, um... Like with their anxieties and worries, I had to be very blunt and be like, look, yours aren't really a main priority right now because Mm -hmm. I'm the one moving. Mm -hmm. Like you're anxious and it's daunting for you. I'm the one getting on that plane, have nowhere to live because they don't offer student housing. Like, like, well, I mean, it's, it's you're in a metropolitan city that's been here for so long, centuries. Like where is there going to be? The campuses aren't the same. Mm -hmm. So I have to find a house. I have to open a bank account. I'm I'm the one dealing with it. Yeah. So there was a time where I was very hermit crab right before I came, and I blocked out. I mean, when I tell you I blocked out everyone's concerns and worries, that included my parents. And they just, I was like, you just have to trust me and know it's not coming from a place of where I don't want you involved. It's just I need to focus on, and it's not me being selfish. I finally came to the point where I accepted me focusing solely on my path isn't selfish. Yeah. 
it's not like it's my life and life is so short that mm-hmm. it's like if you have a niche for something or an affinity towards something and a passion for it and you're good at it you don't have the time to deal with everybody else's doubts and anxieties for it let alone like you have your own yeah you have to work through yourself so, <laughs> your own worst critic and then to have other people pile on top exactly. of you it's really really difficult so my parents now that i'm out here Yes. They're like, they always come around and they're always proud and they get emotional every single time. And then I'm the excuse to come visit. So it's like, now there's a place to stay. And I'm like, okay. Let's (laughs) Let's slow down a second. (laughs) Like, have you seen the studios? (laughs) Tiny. I did not have a couch, but we're fine. (laughs) You can just sleep on the floor. Love you, but bye. (laughs) (laughs) No, but actually. (laughs) Don't stay too long. So now that you're here, you've been here for a few months. A month and a Whoa. Oh my God. Not wait. even? <laughs> Whoa. Pause. Have I been here? When did a you, month and a half. February. A and no, a half. what? January 20th. Why does it feel like, even for me, it feels like you've been here longer? Because that's what happens when you move to another country. <laughs> the days get longer. You go through so much that yeah. it's like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm speaking French. My brain, I can't even speak English. I'm so tired. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It feels longer, but I've only been here for a month and a half. Wow. I know. And then you meet new people and they're like, how long have you been here? And you're like, even for me, I say a year. And they're like, oh, you're such a newbie. You're like, I'm a newbie. And I'm like, oh, it's been a year. Do you know what the bank told me last week? <laughs> I I just got my co- I just got my codes for my cards, my bank cards. Ugh. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. And then explaining the differences to people who are like from where you're at and they don't understand. Why, why can't you just do this? You're like, oh, God. I can't talk to you about this because you're not going to understand. And I don't feel like explaining. It isolates. In, <laughs> it, exactly. It isolates in a way where it's like only you and I or other immigrants mm-hmm. would understand because French people won't get it because it's not that hard. Mm-mm. And the people back home won't get it because it's not the same. But come back home. Like yeah. you're saying with your medical issues. You're like, it's um, not that simple. Yeah, exactly. It's <sighs> just it's different. It's different. But it's to each their own. <laughs> it's a lonely world sometimes. It can be. But that's why I think. I think that it's easier to meet people Mm -hmm. who are also migrants Mm -hmm. and also know that and form friendships with them, Mm -hmm. which is like, I know that when I moved here, I was like, I'm going to be friends with French people. And then you're like, where are you? (laughs) (laughs) You you would love it. It's nice, but you need, you need your pockets at home. Like you need it. Yeah. It's important. I don't know what I would do if I was just, if I didn't have any type of, you need someone who can share your culture, mm. who can share your references and things that you, you all have probably grown up t- like learning about yeah. or experiencing, even though you come from different places, of course, but s- any type of similarity, you need that to survive yeah. when you're an immigrant somewhere else or a migrant and you're coming over to a new country. Yeah. Talking about culture. So you do a podcast and a lot of it is features culture and your life yes you want to talk a little bit about that before we so close? my podcast <laughs> i actually started i started this past summer so yeah started my podcast it's called Tetatet with tina i wanted to do like a little alliteration i know um and it actually offered like two things so i love ranting and talking about my opinions <laughs> in the world and cultures and social understandings but it also gave me an opportunity to open up people from home to my world. Mm. Like I, w- I knew I was going to be moving and going abroad so maybe six months after I started doing the podcast. So I chose the French name because it's like it's a part of me. Like I, show- I chose tête-à-tête so I can explain to people what this is what tête-à-tête means in French. 
French. Oh my god. <laughs> in French. Yeah. Um, and this is why it's important to me, and this is what it means to me, and there, and to just get them into the other aspect of me that I'm not Christina who exists in Long Beach. I'm Christina who exists in Long Beach, who can exist in France, who's going to France, who speaks who speaks. English and French. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Because clearly, yeah, clearly, right? Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> Brain just, like, not working. Um, so, yeah, I started that to to continue here. I knew I could continue it here. So it's been a really fun process. And it has given me something that connects me to home still. Because mm. people at home listen to it and they get excited about another episode. And I can share my stories with, with living abroad to where it's not as romanticized or daunting and it's just it's just normal yeah like it's normal you know yeah that's really cool okay yeah. i'll give like a link in the description oh my gosh please. you guys are so interested in it well thank you for coming yeah, and talking thank you so much <laughs> this was for fun a very long time <laughs> i know like we just it's been hours <laughs> yeah. but that's like I, <laughs> it is. it's what you thrive off of that's what i thrive off of yeah same <laughs> I, okay thank you mm-hmm. bye